For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I'm coming in hot today. Today's order is the usual. Going to cover our bases. I'm going to touch on a couple things on college softball, and then we'll head into the interview with today's guest, Mexico player Brittany Cervantes, who I actually first met when I was 11 years old. So a little throwback for you. And then we'll finish up with the double play tip of the week and give you a little insight into the physical and mental side of pregame moments. So let's step right into it. In covering our bases, you know, right now it should be regionals weekend. We should be starting mayhem. Postseason softball is the best. And it's also usually when my Twitter activity spikes. But just when quarantine is getting weird, this loss in the softball world feels even bigger. But there is still plenty of action in other ways. The transfer trackers that I've been seeing on the internet have been coming from Softball America. D1 Softball, and Justin's World of Softball. So check those out if you're interested in more deets. I'd say this. There's big news at Minnesota. After Traxel's move to Ole Miss, Piper Ritter was named the head coach after 13 years as their pitching coach. She's been a huge part of their rise. Not only is she an alum herself, but one of the best pitchers they've ever had. So that's really the stuff you love to see. And if you follow Coach Alistair, the Stanford head coach, former head coach of Minnesota for seven years, you know she was fired up about it as well. And I have to give a personal shout out to Carly Brandt, a gopher who announced that she's returning in 2021. She's the ultimate utility and played every position except catcher. This is exactly how I was at Stanford. Obviously, I'm biased, but I think that this kind of flexibility is an X factor for teams. It gives you a lot more options for a lineup and a defense, et cetera. So I had to give her a little love. But really, there are cool things happening over at Minnesota. And this has really been an underdog story in the postseason in recent years, which is something we all love to see. And somebody else who knows about being an underdog is today's guest. So let's jump into our conversation. She is a current member of Team Mexico, qualified for the Tokyo Olympics, NPF Coles Cup champion, and former All-SEC player at the University of Kentucky, Brittany Cervantes. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. I know, man, it has been a long time since we played together in 12 and under. Very long time. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I was telling um, one of my friends, I was like, I'm about to do this podcast with somebody I literally played softball with, like the very first travel ball team. Yes. Way back in the day, so it's really like kind of cool and crazy how it's become like full circle. I know. Oh my gosh! And you're right. First travel ball team ever. I was just telling somebody about that recently. One of my Stanford teammates, Ashley Hansen, had tagged me in all these different Instagram things that people are doing, and it was mm-hmm. see a club uni, send a club uni. So I'm looking at old photos, and I find uh, one of 3D, and you and I are in it with a couple other people. I think maybe Desiree Beltran was in it too. Yep. Um, and I had to explain to like people like, yeah, 3d, they're like, what does that mean? I'm like, well, it meant destined <laughs> to dominate the diamond, you know? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I forgot about that. 
I know. I know it's kind of it's crazy with that because um, Sam Fisher and I ended up playing together with Scrapyard, and I was like, I've known Sam for. I don't know how long and people were just like in shock I'm like no we played against each other played with each other like we go way back don't worry another 3d alum love it Mm -hmm. shout out to Tracy Bulldroff for that series (laughs) (laughs) but man I mean look at you now a lot's happened in your softball career since then a whole lot so uh I mean I didn't honestly think I was gonna be in softball for this long but um it's obviously led me to my school at Kentucky, which I'm here now. And then being able to play in Japan, I got to play in their league. And then obviously the MPF playing there and then being with Team Mexico, I just never in a million years. When my grandma told me to try out for the first time when I was 10, I was terrible. They, it was at Northridge Little League and they can't cut anybody. Even if you're terrible, you have to go on a team. So, um, it's just crazy. I thought I was going to play soccer for the rest of my life or however far it would take me, but, um, softball stuck. So I'm very thankful for that right now. There's so many things I want to ask you about it, honestly, too. Like you mentioned team Mexico, obviously what a cool story, just Mexico softball. Everyone loves an underdog story. And I know that you as a team have kind of been reliving that story of how you qualified for Tokyo and all of that. So what's the most significant part of that for you? I'm pretty fresh on the team. This will be my third year. So I think the biggest things I've taken away from it is, yes, the underdog mentality. And I feel like in a lot of the situations or a lot of teams that I've been on, we've been the underdog. So I love being in that situation. Um, I think the team just welcoming me, they were so welcoming. Um, one of the, my, clo- who I would consider one of my close friends, Sashel Palacios, who's the catcher, has just been like, my rock you know so um just that and then obviously the qualifier was probably one of the most exciting tournaments and experiences I'll ever get until I get to the Olympics like I don't think anything can top that right now yeah I mean yeah how is that possible <laughs> especially yeah. oh my gosh it's been 12 years since we had now gonna be 13 years yeah. since we've had the Olympics <laughs> like yeah. come on yeah I know I thought I had a few months left and then you know, the world just wasn't ready for me to be done with softball. So um, got a little bit more time. So pretty happy about that. So do you think that'll be maybe like your last dance with softball at the Olympics? Sure. Yeah. Um, I always told myself after college, because especially after college, I wasn't done playing. Um, I always just told myself if I thought about not playing anymore and I didn't get like internally just upset about it, if I didn't cry about it, then I knew it was like my time to move on. And, um, I kind of went back and forth with it for the past few years, but I was at that urge. I was like, I'm not done yet. And then, uh, I would say after the qualifier, obviously I'm like, okay, I can do this one last run. And then obviously with coronavirus kind of extending it, which, I mean, you have to look at it. It's a bigger picture. It's people's health. It's, I mean, I'm just, I'm thankful that they delayed it as opposed to canceling it. So, um, again, got to look at the bigger picture and, It'll definitely be my last run. <laughs> well, I mean, what a run. I mean, geez, what a 2019 between, yeah. like I said, the Coles Cup and the Olympics qualifying for it. Geez, so much, so much going on. And then 2020 just kind of yeah. just shut everything down for everybody. But with this time right now, it's tough as a team to stick together. So how are you guys doing that with Mexico softball? 
we've been having like one or two a month, like Zoom calls. Um, we actually have a psychologist and cool. um, yeah, so that's been a new addition to Team Mexico and we've met with her twice. And um, hopefully when we actually are together, she can do more things with us. As a team wise, I know like I motivate myself off of like my workout. So on my, I have an Apple watch and I'm um, friends with like Dallas Escobedo on there, Sashel, Tori. So like I see their workouts and I know that motivates me. Um, but I, as a team, we've also had, excluding like coaches or somebody, we've had our own little Zoom meetings. So just kind of having that monthly check-in, I guess, just making sure we're all doing okay and still kind of having the same focus on everybody's mind. That's so important. Like you guys without the coaches too, like you said, like mm -hmm. th that team time is so important. Yeah. But the fact that you guys have a psychologist that you've been talking to, that's awesome. I feel like, yeah. and this is mental health awareness month actually. So, I mean, <laughs> but really it's all the time. Right. And that's something that we always talk about. I feel like all of us that have been around in softball for a while, how much the game has changed and all the new things that people have technology wise coverage, media, all of that. But one thing that I think is also really great is how that has become more, more of a conversation, basically, like mm -hmm. mental health and even sports Absolutely. psychology specifically. So that's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely, it's brand new. Like I said, um, I feel bad because I really haven't been able to do a whole lot with her. And I'm sure she wants to do more things with us in person because it's kind of hard to tell a lot over Zoom. You can only do so much. So hopefully when we start playing games or practices, she can kind of just be around us in the environment, how we are with the team, how we are with our coaches and just kind of, I know I talked to her and she was just, like, she straight up asked how she can help me. And uh, I'm not gonna lie, I haven't had that much experience with the sports psychologist. It's kind of just been like, figure it out and go. Yeah. So um, it was kind of nice for her to ask and be like, how can she help? And she didn't take offense if I said like, I really don't need your help or I need all of your help. So um, she was very open, very helpful. So I'm glad she's a part of uh, our team. That's amazing. I love to hear that. And I have to ask you too, how's your Spanish? Yeesh. Okay. <laughs> when I was younger, I was fluent. Um, but as I've gotten older and I mean, I took it in school, but definitely as I've gotten older, I don't speak it as well, but I can understand it. So yeah, um, that's fair. So I'm pretty rusty, but luckily we have a few girls on our team that can speak Spanish and they kind of hold it down for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. I'm the same way. Like my family, you know, people are like, oh, wow, Becerra. You know, I was getting the, like the Latina sorority at Stanford was like sending me letters to join in <laughs> Spanish. And I was like, oh my gosh, like they don't realize that I don't actually <laughs> speak mm -hmm. that much Spanish. I know that I had some experience like that. Actually, a few years ago, the NCAA had like a, um, like a panel for, um, people with that were Mexican or what, whatever it was. And I was like, I don't speak Spanish. Like I'm going to have to speak English there. And they're like, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. And we're just trying to bring more people. I'm like, okay. Cause I would have been very embarrassing. <laughs> well, lately I've been doing Duolingo. I don't know if you ever, I like it. that app. Yeah. yeah. It's good. Actually, I think it helps. I tried to actually use that when I was in Japan. Cause I was trying to learn things Smart. in Japanese or like read writing and things like that. But they actually have a lot more English than you would think. And part of the reason I even asked too is because I know that there is somewhat of a an American influence kind of on your team. Like there's several players like you who grew up 
in the States, played college ball, all of that, but it is Team Mexico at heart. We're representing our family. Granted, like, I don't speak Spanish, but I'm representing my dad and my grandmother who have that in them. And I mean, it's not the end of the world if I don't speak Spanish, but I'm representing my family. Absolutely. I love that. With Team Mexico, you played on the Cleveland Comets too, right? Mm-hmm. You've been playing in the MPF forever also. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's been nice. I mean, definitely gives me something to do in the summer. Um, I've honestly met a lot of great people through the MPF. So honestly, my first two years out of college, I sat the bench. And I think I became a 10 times better player just from watching from the bench because the people I got to play with were Monica Abbott, Tammy Williams, Amber Patton, Danielle Zimkowitz. Like, I just had an amazing team that I could just watch. And then luckily I was able to play beside them once I got more experience and things like that. But yeah, so I've been with the bandits for five. I was, I was with the bandits for five years, scrap yard for two, I guess you could say, cause scrap yard left the league and then Cleveland. And then I got to be a part of the pride as well. You mentioned so much talent just now. What's your view on just like that level? So for context, I've had a lot of MPF pitchers come on this show. Thule was on the show. Mm-hmm. Danielle mm-hmm. Laurie, Kehlani Ricketts, like people you've played with and, and against, you know, these people, mm-hmm. all of them have talked about how difficult it is, especially as a pitcher, because they're facing the same hitters over and over and it's really a test and all of that. So I'm curious what your perspective is though, as a hitter and a position player. It's definitely an adjustment. Uh, the games I think is even faster than college you're honestly facing the best pitching every single game so I think from I think in college like you have a few games here and there where it's like you don't have the best pitching or you don't face the best pitching but every game that you played in the MPF you're facing an all-american of some sort or even if you weren't facing all-american like they didn't get that title they were still legit (laughs) like I know I didn't have to face her but Randy Rupp she was one of one of my favorite pitchers to catch she knew how to spin the ball. She wasn't going to blow it by you, but she competed. So I actually, this past summer was my first summer with her. So it was just cool to see things like that. And people that didn't have names in college, they came to the MPF because they still wanted to keep playing and they made a name for themselves there. I think it just presents a whole lot of opportunities for players that aren't ready to be done with softball. For sure. And like we already said, your 2019 was ridiculous qualifying for the Olympics. And then, Hey, I'm a Coles cup champion too. So can you walk me through like, how, how was it? How was that whole experience? Well, it was interesting. I'll say, because (laughs) when I was with the bandits, the pride was like the team that you weren't supposed to like, like we had the best competitions with them. And so for the longest time, I was just, I'll never be a part of the pride because of this whole thing with the bandits, (laughs) but um, just kind of how things played out. I got to um, play with the pride and honestly, I met so many new people and I got to meet like Sydney Romero, Amanda Lorenz, Shay Knight, and just like so many people I've watched on TV and even people on the pride, like Megan Wiggins, I played with her and I, she left for the pride and I got to play with her again. And it was such a really cool experience because I'm, they've always been seen as the enemy, but um, they welcomed me with open arms. And I wasn't expecting that. I mean, I got to play with Kelly Crutchman. Like that is I mean, one of the best right there. And she's just so down to earth. And it yeah. was just, it was so cool to see from that perspective. And I was just thankful I didn't have to hit off of like Kaylani and all those different people. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a really good experience. So I was really thankful that that happened and it just brought into my life. And I think again, like each team or people I've got to meet, they've definitely made me better each day. 
that's the thing about the MPF that I think people, we don't know as much about. So much talent comes to play pro softball and wants to play pro softball. You know, part of this is trying to share those stories more, for sure. Well, thanks. Even another example is Emily Carsoni. I watched her on TV. She was on the Bandits. We didn't talk that much. And then we both ended up going to the Pride. And she's one of my close friends now. So never in a million years would I have thought that would have happened. Just kind of how the cards were dealt. And again, I'm just thankful for it. I used to kind of think of the Pride as like the Yankees or like the Patriots. Yeah. You know? Like they <laughs> yeah. win all the time. So everyone hates yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, for sure. But they're all good people. It's just, it's good to have competition. And that's what they always brought. For sure. If you're looking at pro softball overall, your experience in the MPF, Japan softball league, whatever it is, could be on and off the field. What's your favorite memory that you've had? Oh, that's tough. I've had a lot. Putting you on the um, spot. <laughs> okay, one specifically, actually two. And they both actually involved when I was on the Bandits. So the first year that we had won, or at least I personally had won, with the bandits was against the pride and we were facing Kat Osterman and I can't even remember who else was on Kalani. So yeah, you know, it's <laughs> fine. Nice little bullpen you got there. Um, so beating them the first time. And then actually the second year, um, 2016, Monica had actually left for scrapyard, which love and adore Monica, but obviously we were out to get her um, when it came to championships. So 2016 for the bandits was rough, like very, very rough. But um, we were going to face Monica that first round, ended up beating them in three games, and then ended up playing the Pride, which, again, stacked lineup, stacked pitching staff, everything. And it was just like – it was almost as if the world was against us. And, again, we were in the underdog role, and we ended up winning that year. So I would definitely say those two championships were very, very memorable. Love and then, obviously, it. I have to put my little plug in there, qualifying for the Olympics, but – that's a completely different situation. That that one's also obvious. I yeah. yeah. I should have even said like other than that because that yeah. one, of course. <laughs> yeah. You already said it too. You're at Kentucky right now, mm-hmm. but you have obviously a, a lot of history there. You're a SoCal girl. That's how I know you. <laughs> yeah. but, and you've been all over since. But you have roots in Kentucky too. And you were Lawson's first recruit, right? What's the story there? Uh, yeah, that's my little claim to fame with her. So <laughs> I knew I wanted to get out of California because I don't think I would have. I, in my mind, I thought if I stayed in California, I would have stayed there forever and I wouldn't have seen a whole lot else. For sure. So my biggest thing was just going to a school that I felt was going to make an impact. And it was between Michigan State and Kentucky and ended up picking Kentucky, obviously. And they had the year before I got there had three wins on in the SEC. So I immediately already had this mentality that I wanted to make a difference there. And we had a great class. We had, I think, 10 people my freshman year. We took wow. up half the class. Yeah. I'll never forget my junior summer going into senior year. So I was recruited late because I actually hurt my thumb um, right before my sophomore going into junior year. Long story with that. But I remember ending my last game – and Coach Lawson had asked, like, hey, can we talk the next day? So she comes to my hotel, and we're in the lobby. And she goes, I just got this job at Kentucky. This is the only polo I have. <laughs> like, I'm that <laughs> brand new. But we'd love to have you on campus and do all that. And 
honestly, the minute I was on campus and I saw everything, I met the team and I just, I knew as soon as I stepped on campus. So uh, obviously it worked out. I had one of the best experiences of my life. We made it to postseason for the first time in Kentucky history in my freshman year. So we went regionals, second year regionals, third year was super regionals. And we actually got to host Cal. And then my senior year went to regionals. So all four years went to regional or went to postseason. Um, granted the world series was on the mind, but like we were just trying to build a program and in 2014, they went to the world series. So obviously I want to say we helped with that. And I mean, the program just continues to grow year in and year out and coach Lawson and Himes and Molly have all done a great job with the program. And I'm just thankful that they welcomed me back to, you know, be on staff with them because I missed them. And um, coach Lawson actually let me, uh, go to grad school while I was here so I actually just finished this past week with my master's and congratulations that's amazing thank you I am done <laughs> <I'm not going laughs> back. I knew I wanted to do it and I put it kept putting it off putting it off and uh, the situation just kind of how um, things are playing out it was perfect and coach Lawson welcomed me with open arms and I'm still here so she stuck with me see that's so cool because I'm seeing a pattern, by the way, with you, with the underdog and building a program thing. I'm telling you, I like that role. It's, yeah. just, it's a whole lot more fun. So I'm seeing a pattern because yes, with the SEC, people always talk about Alabama, Florida, you know, blah, blah, blah. But over the years, I feel like I've seen a special kind of energy, like this bond that you guys have in Kentucky. And it seems like it's a really cool kind of family-like tradition. Yeah. that I mean, Coach Lawson preaches about that and it's it's cool how she does it because you're you see like and this is nothing against them like people go on like retreats or they go do these different things but um her way of thinking of it is we have this great alumni tailgate and we have this great holiday party and like those are ways that she tries to build that family atmosphere and I never would have thought of that as a player until she told me later she's like that's how I get you guys to bond and you just you don't know it like we have all these things and obviously it worked out and I didn't know it's a later so um she put so much time and effort and thought into so many little things like her brain never stops working or like functioning or thinking of something it's kind of hard to keep up with her sometimes she's in her own little world over here but that's why she's one of the best so I it's nice to be you know learn from her each and every day even if I don't like I'm I want to be in administration but I can take little things from her each day that she does with coaching obviously into my long-term goal yeah like inception apparently yes (laughs) (laughs) but yeah now you are on the other side too you're the director of ops at your alma mater you're seeing a different side of her and just college softball and how programs work in general. What have you kind of learned from that? I would like to say that I don't stress out a lot about a, a lot of things, but I, <laughs> I'm going to say I get a little stressed out, but it was good because I need that in my life. And because I'm just, I'm trying to make the transitions and the program function and move like smoothly behind the scenes like that's what I try to take pride in and I don't want coach Lawson to worry about things that she doesn't need to worry about she's already got enough on her plate and coach Himes helps me out so much with just director of ops because when I was playing she was actually our assistant coach and our director of ops so I couldn't imagine trying to coach and do director of ops oh my gosh Um, yeah 
so yeah, she's been super helpful. And I think it's been an easier transition just because I know how the program functions. I was originally just a grad student manager and I transitioned to a director of ops. I think it made it a lot smoother because I know how the program functions. It's funny you say that because do you have like more of an appreciation for everything that goes into just putting on a game? I mean, when I, so I'll call games at Stanford and the director of ops usually sits right next to me in the press box and Mm -hmm. the amount of stuff that he's doing, it's almost like he's a puppet master, like trying to make sure that everything goes as planned. So like, I'd imagine it's just. Yeah. I I'm pretty lucky as in, I mean, we have our sports information director. He, Chris Scholes, he helps out with that. So I don't have to worry about that. I'm just, um, actually on a game day, it's, I would say it's more relaxed than anything. It's just, it was when we were traveling, my, I swear I would have nightmares that I would book a hotel. I booked a hotel like months ago and we'd be driving there and I'd be like, I don't know if I booked this room. I don't know if I booked the rooms for us. Like that was my fear. Every time we show, I'd be like, my worst nightmare is showing up and they say, we don't have a reservation for you. And I'm just like, that's uh, every time never failed every trip we went on. See, that's where I would have anxiety. Yeah, like, that's, I'm time. telling you, that's where it would build up. I was just, <laughs> ugh, I just would freak out. And I knew I had the confirmation number. I had all these different things. I had everything set. But for some odd reason, I triple checked just to make sure. So it's been funny. fun, though. I really enjoy it. I remember some of our coaches at times before they had a director of ops, because they didn't back when I played, at least not at Stanford. But they would be kind of freaking out about stuff like that or like, Oh, did we order the right color? I remember one time we got suitcases that were blue on the inside instead of red and they were like freaked out and no, none, none of us cared. You know? Yeah. yeah. But now like, Oh, I kind of get it. Like that's your day to day. Yeah. There's just so much that goes into it that I had no idea. So yeah, it's been good though. It's an interesting time to be working in NCAA software right now too. I feel like Lawson's been, pretty vocal about all the craziness that's happening going along with the cancellations and the eligibility for next year. And how has that been trying to navigate all of it with the program? I feel like it's more of a waiting game because we're trying to figure out from what I've heard from our coaches, it's just from a recruiting standpoint is, are they going to be able to recruit? Are they going to, if they can't recruit, are they going to have zoom things where coaches can watch recruits like I feel terrible for people trying to get recruited because this is like this this is their summer and they don't have that opportunity so I just think it's a waiting game right now for them to decide like and by them I mean NCAA or SEC whichever it is them trying to come up with the rules and the guidelines to keep it fair for everyone to where they can get into recruiting but obviously I think the biggest concern for the NCAA and the SEC is football so yeah. if, if we're being honest, football is the main focus right now. They're trying to figure out ways to make it happen. So I don't think softball recruiting is on the top of their list right now. Yeah. Which kind of sucks. Cause it is on the top of your list. Like you're exactly. Your yeah. So. Yeah. So I just feel like we're kind of at a standstill, but in that aspect, but we're already transitioning into getting the girls ready for next year and making sure that they're staying in shape and we're letting them know, kind of just the expectations and trying to do as much as we can with what we can do with them. Yeah, so. that, I guess that's all you can do. You're right. I mean, it yeah. is football because that's the season that's coming up next for NCAA yeah. and it is mm-hmm. so up in the air. Like every day something changes with what's yeah. going on in the world. So. Yeah. I mean, we just got an email yesterday about the recruiting rules and they said, okay, something might change on May 15th. So 
that gives us like a week and a half or so, and then they might change again. So again, I think it's more of a waiting game right now. And I don't know, it's just crazy. And like I said, I think football is a driving force right now since they do make the money, but I think people's health is the biggest concern. Well, that's the thing too. The SEC conferences are separate from the NCAA in terms of their organization and how they Mm -hmm. work and not everyone realizes that. So like, it's how to align those together too next year. Yeah. Are all the, the conferences going to be in agreement on how things should go? It's just crazy. Yeah. But speaking of SEC football, that's one thing that I loved about playing at SEC schools. I never had a chance to play at Kentucky, but the fans, man, the stadiums, yeah. like everything is so cool. That's something mm-hmm. where Stanford, we joke around. We, we have a lot of fans and a lot of alumni, but they're a little more like prim and proper, if you know what I mean. So they're kind mm-hmm. of like out there with the golf clap, like if we do something <laughs> yeah. well. But in the SEC, like I remember they were tailgating our games when we went to Alabama, you know, yeah. like it was like the main event for them. And so I think that's really cool that that's just a culture that you got to have and that you're still a part of. Yeah, I definitely had no idea because I feel like it being in California, you had more of the focus on professional teams or you just had like, I felt like that was the focus so I never really knew anything about oh let's go tailgate or whatever like all this stuff before a game and then I get here and it's all people do they like live breathe and with football just with sports in general we've definitely gotten a lot more fans like our fans are amazing I truly believe it you could definitely see the passion like through football and especially through basketball but I I really had no idea about it until I got here. And I mean, they call them like big blue nation. That's what they call our fans. And they honestly show up for all the sports and they make it so much more enjoyable. You gotta love it. Mm -hmm. But okay. So you said you thought more about pro teams growing up. You're so Mm -hmm. cowgirl. So who's your favorite sports team? Favorite sports team. Does any sport or specific sport? Mm, Any sport. Growing Other than up, Kentucky softball. <laughs> I know. I would say growing up, I was a Laker girl, and I still feel like I am because my grandpa loved them, my dad loves them, my brother loves them. So I feel like it's just been ingrained in our mind that you are going to be a Laker person. I do love the Lakers, so I would say them or the Dodgers. Fair. I'm an yeah. I'm Angels. I'm Angels That's okay. Person. My mom was an Angels fan, so that's fine. Oh, well, then I'm in great company. so speaking of family I know that you're an aunt now right you have nieces and nephews I I do I have a three-year-old nephew and a year and a half old niece and they are my favorite people in the whole world every time I FaceTime them it really is I call my brother and I think he gets offended sometimes (laughs) that I'm like uh hey I want to talk to the kids and like they don't even want to pay attention to me but I just wanted to (laughs) see them so uh, he gives me a hard time about that, but I love them. They are honestly the best. For sure. I know sometimes when I go to see my brother, my sister-in-law, my niece and nephew, I walk straight past them and go to my niece and nephew and they're <laughs> yes. like, hi, we're yeah. here too. Thanks. <laughs> they're just so much more fun. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Do you also kind of play with them, rile them up and then just send them back to their parents? 1, like I thousand percent. Yes. One thousand percent. See, that's why it's the best because you have no yeah. real responsibility all the benefits it's awesome yeah and I just let them do what they want mom and dad <laughs> can deal with you later <laughs> are you trying to force baseball or softball on them yeah I haven't been around them a whole lot I think 
they're they're, they're still so they're, little but yeah they're just gonna do what they want to do my I guess my niece right now can't like once she puts this frozen like dress on she's it's on forever so I don't think I can get that away from her uh my nephew's been playing soccer so we'll see I just want him to play sports it doesn't matter I agree it's like at least just try sports do whatever yeah. you want uh with your Every life it's your life yeah <laughs> exactly but try it because mm-hmm. there's so many parts of sports other than the fun and like the people it's also like what you learn mm-hmm. you know life Absolutely. lessons so you guys at Kentucky have done a lot of stuff in the community too so there's one really cool thing that I think coach Lawson does she calls it the blue collar program and it's basically you got to earn your blue um so they all get like a gray t-shirt and then they have to do certain things whether it's a skill for softball community service there's other things to it like a running test like just so many different things that um they have to pass before they earn their blue and I think I really really love the idea because I think it makes the players take pride in Kentucky blue and their sport and their skill and um she's been evolving it each year and I just I think it's really cool because I think sometimes people lose motivation and I think this just kind of refreshes in their mind that they're still trying to just because you're here or if you're at a school doesn't mean that you stop like you're you are there obviously to get an education you're there to play softball and you're there to play it well and as best as you can and I think just this just keeps like I said refreshing the motivation so that they know like they're playing for Kentucky and those are lessons for a lifetime that's cool Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right well I'm gonna wrap with a little game um it's it's fun don't worry no pressure it's called safer out and basically I'll bring something up that's softball related and you tell me if it's safe or out so it's safe if you like it or you agree with it and it's out if you're if you're not into it okay that makes sense okay okay playing in shorts so having shorts as your game day uniform safe or out I'm gonna say safe safe well okay I realize that the Japan teams have shorts Mm. still right yeah and I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. It was very nice. <laughs> Except, I mean, I get when it's cold, it's great to have pants. But honestly, shorts were very nice. I like playing in them. And it kind of reminded me of uh, travel ball because we played in shorts. So Yeah, 3D, the mighty 3D. We had shorts, mm-hmm. our yep. silver uniforms. Silver, <laughs> yep, the silver shorts. <laughs> <laughs> With like our yellow socks. Yes, what a combo. Like, wow, we were fashion icons not a big deal (laughs) (laughs) the only thing is the tan lines though I know I know especially with like the sliders or if you had the knee pads like you always knew who played softball from their tan lines yes exactly well this was awesome thank you so much for joining I mean it was really good to talk through everything that you've done with your career and your life but also just to kind of catch up after so long I know thank you so much for doing this I appreciate it yeah of course Shout out to 12 and under. What a time. I miss those days. Switching gears to the double play tip of the week. This week's tip is really simple, but it's important in my opinion. I want to talk about the moments right before a game. So right before they announce the lineups, the coaches are meeting at home plate, and the game's about to start. From the physical standpoint, You want to be around your teammates. You just want to be together. You huddle up in a circle. It's that time to be together and feel each other's presence. 
before you go out there and compete. And you talk to each other. You get on the same page for the game and you pump each other up. That's pretty simple. But on the mental side, to me, it's about what you're talking about. And it's all about being positive. So at Stanford, we actually had this pregame ritual during this exact time, right before the games. And we called it PM, which stood for a positive message. So when everybody gathered around, you'd throw out absolutely anything positive. Anyone could just shout it out. And it could be something as simple as the weather was nice that day. Midterms are over. Someone's having a good hair day. There's a team party planned that night, whatever. For example, my parents actually sat in the exact same spot in the same seats at every home game. And rain or shine, they always had umbrellas with them. Either it was keeping them dry or they were keeping the sun out of their face. But either way, they always had them. So it became something that the team kind of recognized over time. And we would literally include in the PM, oh, the Paceras, they have their umbrella today. It's going to be a good day. So really just anything, any little thing that's going to give you that extra positive boost, just showering ourselves in positivity from every direction. Because if you start positive, it's more likely you'll go on positive. And that's how you stay loose. And you want to be a gamer. You know, you want to translate what you're doing at practice to the game. Put in the hard work during the week. And then when it comes to the weekend or the midweek games, that's when you just trust yourself. And that's how you win games. So to me, that's the physical and mental side of pregame moments. Keep it positive. That's the double play tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available everywhere you get your pods. iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and Believe.com. Subscribe. Rate this too, please. I would appreciate more ratings, reviews. Let me know what you think. Share it. And as you know, I'm still on Twitter, at JennaBacera01, and Instagram, at JennaBacera. So thanks for tuning in. Catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.